The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. All right, today's the day. Avenged Sevenfold's M. Shadows returns to talk as Jericho to make a huge announcement. An announcement so big, he can only do it right here. That's right. He is going to reveal the new drummer for Avenged Sevenfold. Who do you think it is? Many names have been bandied. Is that a word? Bandied back and forth uh, online over the last few days, over the last few weeks. Who is the new drummer for Avenged Sevenfold? We're going to find out right here exclusively on Talk is Jericho. Shadows brought the new member here. He's going to reveal it. So much stuff we're going to talk about today. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, so we're here uh, in the home of M Shadows, somewhere in uh, in California, and it's the best thing. I pull up to your house, and it's so SoCal. There's a guy on a skateboard holding a surfboard. <laughs> yes, that's uh, pretty mean, much what I live. How awesome today. is that? I was like, that is the perfect example of a California. We have dude a good right time there. out here. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to have a good time today because we're going to we're actually announcing first time ever the uh, announcement of Avenged Sevenfold's new drummer, and I think we should just get right to it. It's Ricky Rocket. <laughs> no, Matt, talk dirty to me. <laughs> yeah. Do you recognize that voice? Who's the voice? Yes, uh, <clears throat> Mr. Brooks Wackerman. Mr. And now, right, right about now, everyone will be pausing their podcast, and they're going to get either on Google if they don't know him, or they're going to go straight to his videos. Yeah. And I'm sure the opinions are going to start right away. But. We should have talked for an hour and then, re- and then announced it at the end and made people listen all the way through, because they heard the name now, and they're just going to stop listening. Yeah, we should the just end. talk to him the whole time. Just, yeah, exactly. No clue. But, but the thing is, no, Brooks Wackerman, and you told me this uh, a, a few weeks ago or whatever it was, and Brooks, you're here. Congratulations. Thank you. And your pedigree is ridiculous as far as all the different bands that you've played with over the years. And in my opinion, as soon as I heard that name, and i got to be honest, I told Rich Ward from Fozzie as well, and he was flipping out. Dude, that's the perfect guy for the job. You have an amazing uh, career uh, 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 resume. I appreciate that. And here you are in Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah, I'm thrilled. I mean, uh, you know, I've been a fan of the band for... A decade, and um, when Matt gave me the call uh, last year, I was just uh, uh, absolutely thrilled. So now, are you, have you guys been friends for a while, longtime friends? It's been like a, a part of the community um, where we've seen each other. Out. I think we've seen you at Mahi's before and done some things. But uh, Jimmy and you were friends. Yeah. 
Um, I knew J- Jimmy. Uh, right, than, Rev, yeah. Um, but, I mean, the first time we – I was introduced to Brooks's playing from Jimmy, um, from uh, an Infectious Grooves album that he did. Yeah. And uh, it was, you know, that was a crazy band, and it was one of our favorite drumming albums and <clears throat> bass albums. You know, Robert Trio plays on that. And, Which uh, album was it? Um, Groove Family Psycho. Family Psycho. Family Psycho. Yeah. yeah. And so when we actually found out that Brooks um, had joined Bad Religion, we were on Warp Tour at the time, and we're like, "Oh, dude! Like, we're gonna get to watch Brooks every day." And we did. <laughs> we we stood on stage. You know, like all the punk rock shows. You look at any of those Warp Tour videos. There's like more people on stage, <laughs> on stage than in the crowd. In the crowd. Yeah. And we would sit there and watch Brooks play. Um, and so that was like our first like kind of introduction. We, they were obviously on the main stage, and we were playing the dirt stage. But it was, it was <laughs> parking lot stage. We were playing yeah. the Kevin Says stage. But it was it was fun though because uh, we were it was and it was cool to see a different style because we were used to that cool funk drumming and that that different type of thing with infectious grooves and um, lots of different stuff. And then a bad religion, obviously, it was like kind of straight straightforward punk rock, but he was adding so many cool nuances. So many cool things. So uh, it was it was cool. Yeah, and and also because we mentioned infectious grooves, yeah. bad religion, suicidal tendencies. Uh, I saw the last time I saw you. We've never actually met face to face, but I've seen you play live twice from side stage. Mm-hmm. Once was at Soundwave two years ago when you were filling in for uh, for Travis, Travis. Parker in yeah. Blink One Eighty Two. Right. And then also, I believe it was you with Tenacious D at Download in about 2012. That was me. That yeah. 2013, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. I was You're watching. You're making me sound like a real slut over here. <laughs> you are a drumming <laughs> I slut. Am just a whore. What is yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, just a nasty whore over here. But yeah, so there, there's there's a very long pedigree here of all the stuff yeah. that you've done. Um, and so, were you looking to to make a change from Bad Religion, or were you happy there, or? Did Matt home home wreck bad religion or <laughs> yeah, freaking home wrecker <laughs> band wrecker? Um, Why is it just Matt? Because <laughs> yeah. you're the Mick Jagger yeah, of the band, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, truth be told, this past year I I have been um, you know just reassessing uh, the future of what I want to do and. Um, you know, to be associated with a band like Bad Religion, and you know, I played on six records of theirs. So, um, you know, it, I'm so proud of all the work we've done together. But yeah, I, I was uh, kind of yearning for something new, uh, a different style, possibly. And uh, during that time, that's when I got the call from these guys. And um, yeah, I, you know, uh, just wanted to pursue. Because this is some, you know, some, I mean, obviously there's a lot of different sides to, to the Avenged Sevenfold coin, but it's yeah. very heavy rock, heavy metal drumming in a lot of cases. Yeah, and, you know, be- before I discovered punk rock, I, I was playing metal drumming. I so, remember Bad yeah. for Good. Was Bad the, for good. I actually have that album, Refugee. Refugee, produced by Steve Vai. And yeah. that was back in, like, about 92 or so. Yeah. And it was, the, the gimmick of the band was you guys were all, like, kids, like 16 years old or... Yeah, it was presented as a a child prodigy, man. I mean, our guitar player was, I think, 12. Thomas McRocklin. Thomas McRocklin. Is that his real name? McLaughlin. Okay. But because there's a very famous uh, fusion guitar player named John McLaughlin. John McLaughlin. Uh, His dad thought it would be wise. I'm sure the manager thought it would be wise to uh, change it to McRocklin. (laughs) Tom McRocklin. Yeah. yeah. So he was like, he was 12? He was 12. And... uh, Steve, I uh, discovered him at um, 
Donington, which I think is now download. Download, yes. Um, when he was like nine years old, and his fingers were like half the size um, of mine, so uh, it was incredible. Yeah, and because and I in- saw him play at the Nam show when I was I think ten with my dad, and I said, I want to be in a band with that kid. <laughs> Because he, he was also in the, the video for the audiences listening when Steve right. Vai's tracks, yeah. and he played a young Steve Vai. That's right. Yeah, the, the, the yeah. teacher was yelling at him, Steven, you play guitar all the time, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And so you knew him from that. I knew him from that. Yeah, yeah I think and that then, was my introduction. And then he, I mean, seeing even as, as, as a rock fan, you see mm-hmm. him in that. And then here you are in this band with him. Yeah. And the singer... Danny Cooksey. Was a kid who used to be on Different Strokes. He was... Uh, yeah, Gary Coleman's uh, brother. You never thought you'd be talking about this on this show. This is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're you're probably going to learn a lot about your, <laughs> your new yeah. drummer. Here. Maybe that you don't have the gig <laughs> yet, uh, after all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Danny was a singer. Then our friend Zach um, played bass, and uh, we were we were one of the first acts to be signed to Interscope Records. Uh, was that Steve's label? No. Um, Jimmy G- Ivy. Jimmy Ivy gotcha. and Ted Field. Um, so, uh, I think it was us and, uh, that Rico Suave guy, Gerardo. Yeah. We were like the only band signed to Interscope. I love um, that. I just bought the, the, the other day that album on iTunes yeah. cause I had to have Rico Suave. It's on, timeless. It's, it's amazing. a timeless yeah. song. Yeah. Rico <laughs> Suave. So yeah, that was my first official. Did you guys record. gig at all or did you? We opened up for Joe Satriani oh for two and a half weeks with a parent per member because we were minors and uh, uh, we legally couldn't tour without chaperones. And then we had a tutor out with us. Um, Dude, that's crazy. Yeah. So we only did two and a half weeks because it cost a fortune to keep us out on the road. And then um, that was it. It folded after two years. How, how was it opening for Satriani's crowd as a bunch of 12, 13, 14-year-old kids? It was predominantly male out there surprisingly no, um, no, no chicks waiting no chicks and if there was any girls they were the the girlfriends of you know the uh the guitar players of the audience 12 year olds yeah. <laughs> yeah and they're yeah they weren't they weren't you know, pedophiles. pedophiles jeez yeah, yeah. weird dumb chicks um but yeah it was very tame i mean every there were theaters you know it was joe satriani so everyone everyone was seated it wasn't too wild but uh we were just stoked to be out there, you know, playing in front of 10,000 people a night. And, you know, it was brand new for us. Now, is your, your brother used to be in Zappa, right? Chad. Chad yeah, Wackerman, he, famous name. He worked with uh, Frank for about 10 years. Man, so yeah. you have that in your, in your genes, being a, being a musician. That was, yeah, I would say Zappa, Van Halen, and Prince were some of my earliest influences. So as far as, you know... Um, the broad spectrum of my drumming influences and and, and bands are concerned. Uh, th- those are the ones that come to mind. Because I told Matt when 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 you got the gig, it's like because Gates loves Zappa. Yeah, he's a big Zappa guy. Yeah. You know that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I mean you guys have love. And I can tell by his playing mm. that you know that influences right there. So how how did how did this get to this point then? Uh, M. <laughs> where uh, where you guys decided to make a drumming change, and how did Brooks's name come into the mix? Well, to be honest, Brooks's name has always been in the mix. It was one of the names that we were throwing around with, um, you know, when when Jimmy passed away. In terms of who was going to step up for Nightmare, um, we felt Mike was um, 
the right choice, and I still feel that way. You know, Mike Portnoy Mike just just destroyed it on that record. He was he was perfect, but mm-hmm. at the time, you know, our our good friend and and tour manager at the time, Dione, um, brought up Brooks as well, and um, you know, at the time, it was like he was busy with bad religion. It was also you know just the just the we knew people were going to look at it differently because you're punk, known as a punk drummer at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and, and so back then, the name had been brought up. And then, you know, we, we made a, a change in the middle of touring when we, ha- when we brought Aaron in. And Aaron, I mean, I have nothing bad to say about the guy. He is, and he's still a, he's a wonderful person. I just saw him this weekend at a wedding. Um, and it was great to see him. But in terms of just throwing somebody from a completely different generation than your own with completely different influences and completely different styles of what you like to listen to or this or that um throwing him into the middle of a tour we were kind of able to get him on board with with you know the whole touring lifestyle which is a complete lifestyle change going from you know selling symbols which what he was what he was doing what was he like 21 22 years old Yeah. yeah and then to throw him into this whole thing and then you know, it just it just became increasingly difficult to be on the same page, not only touring but with writing, and with um, just where we want to take things. And, and we're just a, a bunch of guys that are all over the place, and we have so many different influences, and we need somebody that kind of can instantly, you know, they can sit there and say, "Yeah, I've got that influence too," or "I understand why we're going to go here," or, "I can understand why we're doing that." And it just got to the point to where, after Mayhem Festival last year, we had, you know, we had just decided we to fire on all cylinders the way we want to we needed to make a change and um you know we and we had our little talk you know we all went out to dinner and we said listen we can ride this thing out the way it is right now and it will be fine but we said or we can you know shake the nest a little bit and we want to fire on all cylinders again and we want to be the you know the, the baddest band on the planet mm-hmm. and we want to go out there and just dominate on stage and I came up with the idea. I said, I, I really want to talk to Brooks and see if there's any chance that, see where he's at in his life right now. Mm-hmm. If there's any, you know, because at that point, there's no, you don't know. I haven't, I haven't talked to him and I, I wasn't like trying to poach him or, or whatever. Sure. You know, it was just more like, let's see just see up. what he's up to. Yeah. And it just turned out he was going through his thing as well, like where he's just like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm looking around. So what we did was we kind of all got together and, and we wanted to make sure we didn't, you know, jump in anything too fast. So for us, it was about, can we play the old songs? Let's go have some rehearsals. Can we write together? Let's write together. Let's throw some riffs at them and see, mm. hey, what would you play on this? And can you give us 10 different drum beats around this riff? And it just instantly clicked. And everybody was so excited. And we said, this is, this is what Avenged Sevenfold needs to do to, to be back to where we want to be. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, and it, it, I was going to say this before, is that, I mean, obviously losing a, a guy like Jimmy, the Rev, such a huge part of the band. Just, yeah. And that's just as a writer, as a performer, as a friend. Because yep. you guys are, are, are more like, uh, more than most bands, a, a gang. 
and I say that in a good way. And I remember this because the first time I met you guys, or not the first time, but you guys all came over to my house together that one time just to hang out and tube or whatever. How rare is it that all five guys in a band before a show or a day off or whatever it was hang out together? It's truly an oddity. Like, yeah, <laughs> you I, know what I mean. I don't. So w- when you guys came over together, and this was after the <laughs> Rev had passed away, I was like, these guys are are legit. This is a very tight knit group because you yeah. had Daniel with you and a couple of the uh, a yeah. couple of the dudes. The tattoo lad was his name. The guy that gave us the Halloween pumpkins. Oh, name? Grant. Grant. Yeah. Right. I was gonna say Graham, but that's another guy. <laughs> <laughs> but but it seemed to me that when the Rev passed away, obviously you guys are just it's so it would be so hard to replace him yeah. on so many levels, yeah. and so hard for a new guy to come in. Yeah. yeah. Mike came in. It, it gave you what you needed at that point. Then you bring in Aaron as a twenty-year-old kid. I'm sure you probably had nothing really in common with him, you know, yeah. for the most part. Y- yeah. You're you know? right. You know. And so Brooks, similar age. And to me, the missing ingredient is you actually were friends with, with Jimmy and the Rev. Yes. And are from this area. Yeah. It lives right down the street. You know, it's... So that, it seems like you would be able to fit in better with the gang than anybody else. You know? and it's interesting for me because every band that I've been in, um, I've always been the youngest. And I think I'm now the oldest yeah. in Avenged <laughs> Sevenfold. But not so. by far, though. A few years, right? Yeah, a couple years. Yeah, a couple years. Yeah, so. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the fact that we're closer in age and, you know, I'm from Long Beach, they're from Huntington, you know, we share the same musical influences. It's, um, you know, like Matt said, it, it clicked. And, uh, yeah. And I like so taking it, it back to that. I like having that, you know, something that I think Avenged Sevenfold got a little bit away from. And not... Not in terms of just purely in not an attitude or anything, but I, I wanted to get back to that Southern California punk vibe that we've always kind of an undertone in our band. You know, mm-hmm. when Mike Portnoy came into play, Nightmare, he's like, I've never done this Southern California punk beat you guys keep making me do, like on Danger Line and all these songs, you know. He's yeah, like, yeah. That yeah. that thing that like it's it's definitely a style from here. And mm-hmm. it's something that obviously we it's a common thread we have with Brooks. And it's it's a, an influence that if you're not from here and you didn't grow up in it, you're not going right. to have it. And, it makes perfect sense. And though you're not going to write songs that sound like that, it's just there. You know, yeah. it's like it's if you say if you there. say I need a no FX beat here. Yeah, or, no, exactly. What or even like yeah. to another. Like, so I that's need... that's an accurate reference yeah, to that we to, do say to the that. beat that he's describing. Is <laughs> I mean, it, it's really derived from the no FX beat. You know, it's, and and that's the, or, or on the other example from a pop culture standpoint, say Brooks, uh, I need a Scorpions beat here. If you yeah. said that to Aaron, he'd go like, "What's the Scorpions? Like, yeah. what does that even mean?" For yeah. example, totally. Whereas you guys are of the same age to talk about oh, I remember the Terminator or whatever you're yeah. going to know what you guys are all yeah. talking about here yeah. yeah you know and that I think that's that's a, a what was your relationship with Jim you said you were friends were you good friends did you guys drum with each other I, drum would, I wouldn't say really good friends but you know we played festivals together and I mean we did uh, numerous warp tours together um, so we just had a mutual respect for each other's drumming and um, yeah I just what did uh, you think of him as a player amazing yeah. yeah, I mean, he his parts are just so innovative, and you know, with metal drumming, it, it, there's definitely parameters for some bands, and and I just always loved how he pushed the envelope, and and um, you know, he would just have a different take on what you would think would be a normal metal beat. He would just twist it around and, and make mm-hmm. it his own, and I think that's how he got his signature. And um, so, yeah, he was just great guy do you uh do you think similar to him when you're when you're writing parts for drums like do you 
because I know like there's a lot of crazy stuff in Avenged oh, yeah. parts, especially on all the albums besides Hail to the King, which you specifically wanted to make it more scaled back. But it seems like now you want to go back to the to the Avenged sound. Cool. Yeah, you know, like and and I and I, I I get really cautious saying go back because it's going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there'll be you know we're getting back to the idea of the last record was a very stripped down sound. And the idea of the next one is not a very strict down sound, you know. So there are a lot of crazy things going on, but um, in a lot of it is us trying to make Brooks feel free to do to try everything, you know. And that's um, one thing that you know a lot of people come into the situation, and we've tried our best to say, let's lay down the parts the way they're written, and then let's just go crazy with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. let's just let's just. Go as far as you can, and we'll pull Go it back if we need to. Because if we come up, that's what we really loved about Brooks. We didn't want someone that was purely a metal drummer. We want somebody that has all the influences. Because Jimmy had all the influences. Right. He was. He. He didn't. You know. He grew up transcribing. You know the Panteras and the Slayers and the, you know the the Paul Bostaffs and the Lombardos and stuff. But at the end of the day, he was actually being taught a completely different style of drumming, and that's what he was incorporating into the, these types of drums that you know you hear it all over our records and and so that's why we really like the idea of not going with somebody that just plays a lot of blistering fast double bass mm-hmm. and, and snare fills you the, know? yeah the typical power metal yeah, sound we just want yeah. we want something that's completely different so um that's like the whole idea is to have somebody that not only clicks but that can do all that stuff very creative as well also jimmy had a, a sense of composition you know i i some of my favorite uh drummers are also guitar players and songwriters so you know when i hear him play i i can tell he's a songwriter i i could tell like he has a sense of melody a sense of orchestration and um guys like that to me stand out more than mm-hmm. just a drummer you know right. so he he had you know just the right elements that um you know made avenge what it is do you write at all i do yeah i'm the guitar player as well. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. So that's another side of the coin that that you have that you didn't have with Mikey or with uh, with Aaron, right? Yeah. I mean, Brooks. Immediately, we just started sending each other ideas, and you know, like. Which is yeah. It's like you know, it's and you just hope that a little nugget turns into a yeah into awesome a gold song, mine. You know? <laughs> yeah, and so you know that's been really good too, is because I can just send him a text and be like, hey, let's let's really think outside the box here, and let's try to. You know, yeah. just some cool transitions, or just try to do this, and then he'll send us a bunch of riffs that have awesome drums on them, and you wow. sit there and start working like that. You know, so you'll be writing guitar riffs. Well, and, and you, yeah, basically, you 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 find these awesome transitions or, or riffs that fit into these certain you know amazing grooves, and then you kind of we all rework them together because infectious in grooves. Band, everyone, everyone in there this band, go. like has their fingerprints all over everyone else's stuff, you know? It's like Brian's writing a solo, we're just sitting over his shoulder, like, nope, nope, better, <laughs> yeah, better, yeah, yeah, better, yeah. you know? Like, and so that's one thing that people that really pay attention in our interviews know, but it's it, it's kind of weird because a lot of times bands are just kind of left to their own devices. Like, I'm doing my drum tracks, you do your vocals, and that's you right. do your guitar and shut up. You yeah. know? And it's not like that with us. It's like, we're like hovering over each other it, like, it nope, doesn't nope nope <laughs> and it doesn't matter who wrote it it just matters that it's good it's got everyone's got to like sign off yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we're all, all all on the same page here too yeah. you know it's like you you can't let your ego get the best of you in a, a situation right like who this. cares right yeah no one cares 
Yeah. yeah. So we're all. Yeah. If you look at like the same goal, like the White Album, like sometimes Paul plays drums, sometimes George is on bass. Yeah. Some, you know, it doesn't matter. Just whoever's can do it right, do yeah. it. Right. Totally. You know, who are some of your favorite drummers you mentioned before that you like guys that can play guitar as well? Oh well, obviously Dave Grohl is mm-hmm. one that I, I grew up listening to and and completely changed the way that I hit drums after. So hard hitting, man. Yeah. After seeing them on, uh, whatever that. MTV Music um, Award show was oh, yeah. where they played Lithium. Where like, he threw the bass up in the air and hit him on the head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but I mean, I always hit hard. But after seeing him, like, okay, that's that's how I want to hit a drum. Mm-hmm. Um, and then guys like Terry Bozio, um, great player. Yeah, um, a lot of Zappa drummers, uh, Vinny Caliuta. Um, did you ever hear the Megadeth record that Vinny played drums on? I have not. The system has failed. But I need to. Yeah. yeah. I was a little disappointed because I was expecting it to be crazier. But I think it maybe he... tame? Well, I'm not... I, I, not being a drummer, I'm sure there's stuff yeah. in there where you're going to go, oh my God, but f- I, I was expecting a little bit more dream theater type stuff. Just but maybe... Insanity. Yeah. But maybe right. for Megadeth, Dave wanted it to be a certain way. But yeah, he, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good record. The yeah, it system has yeah. failed, it's called. Yeah, Yeah, just Finney's one of those... I mean, I wasn't surprised when he played on a Megadeth record just because he's that drummer that can do anything. Do everything, yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge Dave Lombardo fan. I grew up listening to, you know, Slayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Did you know Charlie Benanti writes most of Anthrax's riffs? I do. Yeah. yeah. So he's a guitar player, drummer yeah. as well. I know Charlie pretty well. Yeah. So, so what do you think is, uh, um, I mean, this is, uh, do you, what do you think that the that the world who's listening right now do you think they're going to be excited about Brooks? Like, are you, uh, do you think, because the rumor was Joey Jordison or typical metal guy from Trivium or whatever was going to get the gig. And you've gone outside the box and had, you've got the perfect guy as a result. Well, I love, um, I love that I've seen about four or five names uh, constantly. Who are some of those? Joey Jordison? Well, and a lot of people thought, you know, oh, they're bringing back Mike. You know, oh, yeah, like Portnoy, yeah. So they have the whole debate of, like, I hope not or I hope so. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Who was the website that uh, uh, where fans could uh, vote for their... Oh, yeah. Oh, they had a poll. They had a poll. There was a poll. And, and Brooks wasn't even in the poll. <laughs> no, but <laughs> my, my good friend Josh was, and I voted Josh for Josh. <laughs> and I, I don't know if he won or not, but I, I wanted Josh to well, win. I think it's a double it. swerve, actually. Josh, yeah. come on out. You've yeah, actually yeah. got the gig. Sorry, Brooks. So, ha ha. Joke's know, on you. He, he got my vote. <laughs> he won vote. the poll. <laughs> so you voted for Josh. Tommy Lee was in yeah. the poll. Tommy Lee. I feel like he's done with uh, Motley oh. Crue. He's going to play. I, out of the list of drummers, I, I just thought Josh was the, the best fit. I worked with Josh on the Slash record. Oh, did you? He wasn't happy about playing double bass. Oh. He wasn't happy about it. He didn't totally nailed it. Yeah, well, then, just, yeah. well, then he shouldn't have won the poll then. <laughs> Jeez, duh. No, he's great, though. He's a, he's a funny guy. Yeah. And he's a great, obviously a great drummer. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I really don't know. I, I honestly could care less because um, there's, yeah. there's one thing that matters, and it's what comes out next, and then how we play on tour. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that we have, we're going to have those boxes are going to be checked. And that's all that really matters because right now it's going to be, I'm sure, months of, YouTube videos being watched and and discussion and they're right they're wrong this is the dissection this is stupid yeah, yeah exactly yeah. the yeah. fan uh, analyzation where every yeah. little thing all the yeah. experts and by the way Shadows has cut his hair so there you go guys there's another scoop for you that you can all debate on for the next <laughs> six months what yeah yay boo you know yeah. <laughs> so dumb so um uh, and, and if you mm. want to watch some YouTube stuff you got to go watch the uh, the guitar 
was it the drum, guitar center? The guitar center drum off. Where with, you play with Tenacious D and yeah, and Robert Trujillo. Tr- yeah, yeah, great, great stuff. I actually wa- I saw the um, Pinball Wizard one about a year ago. I was looking through Tenacious D, and they yeah. guys do a Who medley, which was really cool. And you play this wicked solo in the middle of it. Thank you. Yeah, that's one of my favorite songs to play with those guys live too. It's How did the, you get the gig with, with the D? It was through Warren Fitzgerald from the Vandals. He played on great guitar player. Amazing guitar player and amazing man, too. Yeah, he is. Um, that's a whole other conversation, yeah, yeah. Warren Fitzgerald. <laughs> but, <laughs> anyways, uh, he knew Kyle, uh, and uh, he recommended me to Kyle. And literally six years later, Kyle got in touch with me because he remembered the recommendation <laughs> and said, hey, we're finally going out on tour. We got uh, Pick a Destiny coming out. The, the movie and oh uh, so it's been that long it's been that long yeah so uh almost 10 years ago is when i started playing with them and um yeah it's it's been an amazing ride i mean what a great band i mean you, yeah. at first you know it's they're funny and all that stuff but man they're they're a great band harmonies yep. jack singing the guitar playing i, I love tenacious d cool I, I, I do too i mean yeah. yeah i love it too as a musician as a yeah. fan it makes me laugh but the it's new records brilliant yeah it's <laughs> so, good. so good right so good. did you yeah. play on the rise of the phoenix i did not okay. it's 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 hard to replace dave Grohl oh. when uh, he's in the mix and <laughs> sorry, i would i, I would that. not be offended if, <laughs> yeah you know sorry uh, yeah but uh yeah so he's been playing on the records but i played uh uh i did play on the song that they won the grammy for which was a R- ronnie james dio cover of the last in line Oh yes, he, no, so I remember this. Yeah. Remember the whole the whole metal world in the in the Grammy situation. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if there's any Brooks is the bad guy. Yeah. If there's any inter- with the flute solo. If, if there's any internet hate, it should be because of that. Because <laughs> you know, I think Slipknot was all, also up for it. Mastodon, Mastodon, you know. and of course we win, and it's not even one of our songs. It's a, it's but that happens song. every year, though. Oh, yeah. I remember Motorhead yeah. won for Enter Sandman. Okay, a cover. Anthrax won for TNT, I believe, or maybe they're up. F- they won for a cover that they did. Maybe did it was they? no Neon Knights, maybe something like this. Yeah. So if you want to win a Grammy, kids at home, just cover a song. Just cover a song. And yeah. you have a better chance. Yeah. Don't write your own stuff. Just cover yeah. other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> How was it rehearsing with those guys? Is, is, uh, is there a lot of rehearsal? Is it pretty much a jam type of a thing? When I joined, Kyle Gass said, um, our our main goal here is to rehearse as uh, less as possible. So we <laughs> yeah. we don't like rehearsing, and um, yeah, it's very loose. I mean, we it's it's more of a, a hang session, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, well, we barely get through the set, and but it's a set we've been playing for you know since right. 2006 with the addition of some new songs. So, um, but yeah, it's a riot. And Jack is a good guy. Oh, amazing. I mean, he's, he's so sincere and, you know, I mean, it's hard to go to an airport with him without like moms with their kids, <laughs> yeah. you know, running up to him. But I mean, he signs every autograph, takes That's time cool. to talk to people and he's just a genuinely nice guy. I remember so, I download, I was watching with, with, with Corey Taylor, his side stage and it was super rainy and muddy. And so Jack was wearing his wellies, his rubber boots on yes. stage. Like the most unrock and roll thing is yeah. rubber boots on. And he's like, well, I'm not going to take them off because I'll just have to walk through the mud later. And so during one of the musical sections, he's marching. And he marches off side stage and he's fist pumping everybody that he sees on the side of the stage. <laughs> and he fist pumps Corey. And then I met him at Golden Gods. He goes to fist pump me. And then he's like, 
hey, big hug. Yeah. Then he continues marching with that look on his face. And it's, you know, it's like so funny just to watch him go yeah. as you guys are just laying it down with the giant inflatable cock phoenix. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> right? I just watched a video of that at uh, Rock. Rock and ring. Rock and yep. ring, yeah. As the cock gets inflated, it's great. <laughs> we actually had a cock malfunction, uh, Uh-oh. I think, in St. Louis where, um, I mean, it's literally an inch behind uh, the saw, back yeah. of my head. <laughs> and before we go out on stage, the, the cock inflates, but it wasn't inflating. It was like, you know, at half mass. <laughs> yeah. So Semi-erect. I get up there and the, you know, the guy with the pump is trying to, you know, pump the cock up and... I count off the first song and just all, all of a sudden I feel this, like <laughs> this, this wind. And I thought it was a, I thought someone left the exit door open and and it just hits me right in the head. <laughs> so I got hit by the cock, uh, the cock, by the yeah. cock, right in the back of the so, head. Drummer knocked out by cock. Yeah. Well, another so, thing about Tenacious D, I think it's funny is when you look up Brooks, the first thing that comes up is you in a Colonel Sanders get up doing a drum solo. Yeah. And that's what I, I can't wait for the fans. To, that's the yeah. first thing they're going to see is him dressed up with a fake beard and a mustache. There, there's going to be a lot of forums yeah. of, uh, yeah. of topics with my past. So, And I also um, saw you were dressed up like a girl with some other group. Big talk. Yeah. 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 I, um, okay. Just get well, it all out. You know, <laughs> with, with a name like Brooks, it's, it's a very yeah. androgynous. And also Wackerman. Wackerman. He doesn't yeah. need a big name. I mean, it's yeah. great. It's a porn name. It's a drummer name. Like, yeah. you, like you, you were born to be a drummer with Wackerman. Exactly. You know, you yeah. got to whack stuff. Most people think it's an alias, but it's my biological name. I'm, and, Brooks Wackerman. And I just happened to come from, a, you know, a drumming family. Like, everyone my dr- my family plays drums, and our last name is Wackerman. A long so. line of Wackermans. Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, I didn't have to change my name for. No, no, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. You get you get M Shadows, you got Sinister Gates, you got the, uh, Johnny Christ, right? You got Zachy Van, just Wackerman. You know who the drummer B. is? B Wackerman. Yeah, if you're not familiar with me, you just automatically know I'm the drummer. <laughs> or so. is it gonna be like W Ackerman? <laughs> we might be on something. Here. M and W. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'll keep my name, but the spelling. Yeah, not to be confused change. with Forrest J Ackerman, who is in charge of Famous Monster Magazine. With Kirk Hammett, would love the fact. Avenged Sevenfold. That might get the Metallica tour that you're, you that you're looking at. Well, actually, yeah. I mean, look at all the. I mean, he's his his boy is in that. Band. That's right, Robert Trujillo. Robert, Let's talk about this for a bit. Talk yeah. to you. Lars. Text me. He's like, dude, I heard about Brooks. I I I, I know I, what was it? Uh, Trujillo hit you up. And yeah, I, he and I hit told me up. Lars, and I said, don't say anything. <laughs> like, yeah. A day later, he's like, and, Trujillo told or Lars told me, <laughs> um, don't say anything. Because <laughs> I emailed Robert, I said, hey, I need to talk to you. I'm making some career changes th- this year, and I just want to, you know, keep you abreast on what's happening. And literally that day, he, he emailed me back, said, hey, Lars said that you're playing with Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't have to call you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Lars hates the fact when guys have good hair. He does. Yeah, right. yeah he yeah. was so mad at John Deddy at uh, Soundwave. When, when you did uh, the Blink-182 thing at Soundwave. He was playing with Slayer. And yeah. Anthrax. That's right. He was double he dipping. He did double yeah. duty because that's right oh, wow. when Lombardo quit. Right. And Kerry called, called him. Like, I know you're going to be in Australia anyways. Can you do both gigs? Sure. So they were actually some of the side waves was Anthrax and Slayer. So John would go out with an Anthrax shirt play the anthrax set right. come off stage towel off put yeah. on a slayer shirt 
go do the Slayer set. Yeah. And Lars was like, who's this guy? He's playing for Anthrax and Slayer. He's right over there. He's tall, and he's got better hair than me. <laughs> Maybe he should just join Metallica, too. <laughs> I love that evaluation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what he judges on. So, takes. Yeah. So being in Infectious Grooves, great band, as, as Matt said earlier. Thank uh, you. I love those first two records, and I love actually Groove Family Psycho as well. Thank you. And um, did you guys tour a lot with Infectious? You know, during that time, Suicidal was so busy. Mm-hmm. They, they were opening for Metallica for, I think, like three years. Were you on that tour, too? I wasn't. Okay. So um, I started playing tour. in Suicidal. Uh, that, so I'll get into that after the mm-hmm. Infectious Phase. Was Candlebox opening for that tour? I mean, yes. That show, they had so many shoes on stage. Yeah. <laughs> and who was the first band? I don't remember. Fight. Oh, oh it's Fight with Fight. That. Yeah, Fight. that's right. Wow. Yeah. Fight, Candlebox. Were you at suicidal. the Domingos show? That was the show that I went to. Yes. Me okay. and Jimmy went to that. Yeah. And I was his there. dad took us and he took a book and read in the corner. Is that right? <laughs> oh, he, he was our chaperone. They're little kids. Yeah. That's like being first band. But, but here, yeah. here's the extra special super bonus point question. Do you know who the guitar player in Fight was at that point in time? Mm, no. Russ Parrish, a.k.a. Satchel from Steel Panther. Oh, is wow. that right? Yeah. That's awesome. His first band was in Fight. This is like Stump the Trunk. It, wow. Yeah. I could kill Trunk. That guy pisses <laughs> yeah. me off, man. Stump the Jericho should be more of a thing. If it's a UFO <laughs> question, he'll get it right. That, Other that than that, I got it. deep him. metal trivia. It is. There, there you yeah. go. Deep, deep stuff. Yeah. So, so you saw, so suicide, I don't remember where this went. No, he was an infectious group you were talking about. Right. You were asking me, so the original question was, did I tour a lot with infectious? Right. Not too much because, uh, because of suicidal schedule, gotcha. which is Mike Muir and Robert are, are in, in infectious. Yeah. yeah. So, um, when Groove family cycle psycho came out, we maybe did like three months of touring and that was it, you mm. know? Um, and then, uh, Mike came out with a solo record we flew to Europe and his solo record opened up for infectious and we were the same band. So we opened up for ourselves. It was very <laughs> spinal tap, but um, luckily I was 19 at the time. So, you know, I was a young virile man. <laughs> you and, could uh, play. Yeah. yeah. It's like John daddy. You put on your Mike Muir solo shirt. Yeah. Go yeah. towel off, put on your infectious groove shirt. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, 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 the touring wasn't too crazy, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But you were pretty good friends with Robert, obviously. Yeah, yeah, so, I've been great friends with. I mean, he was the one that got me into Infectious. Bad for Good was rehearsing at uh, Mates. It's a rehearsal studio in the Valley, in California, and um, he heard me play during a break. And uh, Infectious was looking for a drummer that year, so he introduced himself, and uh, we've we were friends ever since. How did you feel when he got the Metallica gig? Oh, I was so excited for him. I couldn't think of a better bass player for for that band. And um, I was actually tracking with Robert uh, during that time when he was going down there auditioning, and he was telling me that there was a whole f- film crew, and but I don't think he knew that they were actually making a movie out of it. So yeah, yeah. I was getting updates on what was happening, and. Um, but yeah, he's he's the perfect fit. He, yeah, and you know, he's one of my favorite musicians. Similar to this, when Robert got that gig, it's like Brooks getting the gig in Avenge. It's like it's a perfect guy, you yeah. know, playing wise, personality wise. Robert's such a sweet guy. Even like plays with his fingers, which Newstead did not do. If you're playing the old Cliff Burton stuff, yeah, it was a perfect match. Yeah, you know, and I find that it's kind of like the same thing when you said Robert Trios and Chicago. Of course he is. Brooks Wackerman and Avenge. It's perfect. Cool. It's like you know, it's the same type of vibe. 
which yeah. is great. Thank it's, you. It's not that for the people in the know, it's not a far stretch. Yeah. You know, but I, I just think it's going to be about introducing because I, I see how quick the generations change, you know, how, how quickly the young kids don't know the some of the older guys or some of the older stuff. And, and that's why this interview is important because our, our younger fans need to be, you know, assured that this is going to be good for everybody. Yes. It's going to be really good for everybody. And, and as a fan of, of the band, I was a fan of Avenge before we became friends. It, it's it's a great mix to me. And if you have any doubts, anybody who's watching, you're thinking, you know, the poll of Josh or Jordy, or Joey, Jordy, Jordy Joseon. Go watch some Brooks on YouTube. He's crazy. It's gonna blow your mind, man. It's, it's you guys got a great, great player. It's I gotta be- say, even like the first time we sat in with him, I was actually blown away because you have you have I had questions about just simple things like double bass or or things about you know, and we've thrown stuff at him that are. The BPMs are way too fast, and like we're gonna slow this down. He plays it anyways. Just like there's a couple of things we threw at you. are Just like, are you kidding me? Like there's no way. Like, and and that's not that's never like our number one concern because we're all about the orchestration of the songs. Like yeah. the song first, right? But just to know that it's in the bag. Mm-hmm. If you want to do that, we can. You know and. You know what I love, too, is that you can tell you and I are metal kids because we say double bass, yeah. where true musos would say double kick. That's oh, right. You mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Like double bass, you mean double kick, right? I think double kick's in my <laughs> vernac- no, vernacular. Yeah, it's like Spinal Tap. There's two <laughs> bass players on stage. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is Jericho. Here with M. Shadows and Avenged Sevenfold's new drummer, Brooks Wackerman. Uh, it's a great conversation so far. Brooks... Have you been following Avenged's career since the Rev passed away? Yeah, I mean, I knew Mike uh, was the next choice after his his passing, and I thought it was a, a great um, match. Um, mm-hmm. And then Aaron got into the band, and I think he's a fantastic drum, drummer. Um, so, yeah, it's Avenged has always been a band that I've respected, and um, you know, just how eclectic the music is. I mean, yeah, it's it's in the metal genre, but there's just so much more to the music and twists and turns that, um, as a user myself, I can relate to. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, first time I saw him play was on the warp tour, I think in 2004 and, uh, Joe Escalante, who's actually my lawyer and the bass player of the Vandals, uh, <laughs> said, you gotta hear this band. And at that time, there's so many bands that kind of sound the same, right? pretty homogenized and um so i go up there and and we're listening to it and i'm like okay this is great they're playing a seven minute song on a warp tour set which means they only get three songs because <laughs> it's a half an hour set yeah um so i was blown away by it and the musicianship and and um they were just very tight sounding and i knew it you know one day <laughs> and, and that's the thing. I mean, when when Avenge came out, because I heard the same thing about Avenge, 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 and I was like, okay, whatever. You, you know, at this point in time, it's two thousand and five. Guitar solos are dead. You know, it's good Charlotte yeah. type stuff. You see the picture of Avenge, it's like, yeah, they look like good Charlotte. I'm sure, like whatever. You got to listen to. You got to listen to. It. I heard Backcountry on the radio, and then I was like, I this is really cool. And bought the record, and like you said, 
it was a state of the world. Oh, strength of the world. Strength of the world. Yeah. It's like 10 minutes long. Yeah. And there's solos in it, and you kind of sound like a little bit Sebastian mm. Bach, a little Axl Rose. It's like, these guys are great. Who are these guys? Because no one played that style at that time, especially you're at guys your age. Yeah. Halloween influence, I heard that right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is great stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, it, you know, it, it was a throwback to some some great metal influences, but, you know, it, it's just the mix of everything that they were they that they were doing was i thought brilliant now you mentioned how you were attacked by a giant cock on the on the tenacious let's go back to that let's go back to that why don't we yeah (laughs) call back avenged sevenfold arena rock band verging on stadium rock band one of the biggest shows that you're going to see production wise yes is is, are you ready for this with the pyro and all this sort of stuff i'm ready i i mean i've uh when I played on the Grammys with Tenacious D, we had Pyro behind me, and uh, just feeling that heat was yeah. a little nerve-wracking at first. But then, um, yeah, I you know it looks great. It, it goes with the whole production of what they're doing, and um, you know it's tasteful. I mean, you, you can definitely do it in the wrong places, but mm-hmm. you know from what I've seen, it's it's you know it's. Were you a metal kid when you were growing up? Did you like Iron Maiden and oh, yeah. those type of bands? Yeah, so you know- Scream for me, Long Beach. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You were there, right? Yeah, that's your, that's your neck of the woods. Yeah. Scream for me, Long Beach. I was too young to go, but yeah. uh, there used to be this place called Music Plus that was a uh, famous uh, uh, record store chain. Record store and, kids. And they yeah. had every Iron Maiden VHS there. So I, I, my dad would take me there and... You know, that's where I learned "Scream for Me, Long Beach." So, <laughs> yeah, "Scream for Long Beach." But yeah, Maiden. Um, yeah, yeah. Now here, here's another thing too that you have to think about. Like, it's 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 the it's the question: What are you going to wear on stage now? Nothing. <laughs> it's either drag or nothing. <laughs> See what I mean? Is yeah. it the Colonel Sanders outfit? Is it the dress? I mean, what do you? Cause you know, I'm I'm a I'm very diversified in my image. So uh, <laughs> you know, I have the Colonel Sanders suit. It's it's always dry cleaned because you, know, <laughs> you never know. You never know you when get, when uh, got it with me in the trunk of your car. There's still just demand for that. So. Um, yeah, there'll, there'll be wardrobe meetings, obviously. And uh, Do you even think of that sort of stuff? No. I, me, me being a guy from, from, from my era, that's the first thing I always think of. It's like, all right, what's he going to be wearing? And what's the hair going to look like? And what's the... But you guys, you guys, you're not like you're wearing like leather pants on stage there, but there's, no. a, there's a vibe to it. Yeah, it's got a... You know, and last night, I, like I was telling you, I went and saw, you know, uh, Slipknot. And uh, I mean, just when a band looks the part and also plays the part, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And so yeah. it's it's inspiring, you know, like yeah. and, and you know, and Judas Priest played the night before and they're not walking out there with white t shirts and it's know. show business. Right. Yeah. No, they're and it's good, it's a vibe, you know. It's there's nothing wrong with that. And conversely when A C D C plays, yeah, they're wearing T shirts and jeans as they right. damn well should be because yeah. it's A C D C. Yeah. Yeah, well they would look a little goofy with you know, yeah, if they're wearing with the, leather yeah. pants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well when I joined Suicidal, um and we did the warp tour in ninety nine and you know you're familiar with how they look. I mean, they're built and yeah, you know, gangster we, guys, we, gangster, we, yeah. great yeah. gangster, South you know, Central, yeah, the the bandanas and everything. I mean, I I looked like I should not have been in that <laughs> band, and I was the farthest thing from the guy that should be in Suicidal. And I used to show up at these venues with my credentials, and they the security wouldn't let me in because he would not believe that I was the drummer of Suicidal. I mean, I look you. 
I look <laughs> get out of here. Come yeah, on. I look like a geek back then, and, <laughs> and um, so yeah, I mean bands that I've played with, you know, my image has never really matched, you know, <laughs> yeah. my the the drumming style, but you know. Whatever. Do you want to say anything I mean, about I that? I don't know. Just, <laughs> just where the time. Well, we're going to take a poll. Yeah. We're going to do a poll. Yeah, do a poll. Let the kids decide. I, I want to ask them, why were you wearing a, a, a Colonel Sanders outfit on stage? Uh, what band was it with? That was with Tenacious D. Oh, okay, well there and you go. <laughs> Jack and Kyle came up. You you have to see the show for it to be in con. You know, for it to be gotcha. in context with what we were doing. But basically, in a nutshell. Uh, Jack wanted each band member to be a uh, character that died and went to hell for a particular reason. So our, our bass player was Charlie Chaplin, and the reason he went to hell was because he was gay. Okay. Um, <laughs> right, naturally. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm Colonel Sanders. The reason I went to hell was because I killed a billion chickens. Okay. And then the Antichrist was our guitar player and enough said. Enough said. Yeah. And what was Jack? Uh, so Jack and Kyle were Jack and Kyle. Oh. So that that's connected to you got to see the show to understand. Gotcha. So this is just a piece of Now, did the they puzzle. choose that for you or did you guys have to, to come up with something? He gave me, uh, I think, four options um, and uh, – Colonel Sanders seemed to resonate the best with me. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you seen any of that footage? I have not, but okay. first thing I'm doing is going to do go, yourself a favor. Oh, it's great. Do yourself a favor. I will. I will. I will. <laughs> I'll check it out right as, as soon as this is wrapped up. Now, here's another question, a little bit of a muso question. Sure. Um, I see your drum set with the D set up. Do you use the same kit when you play with Avenged or do you need more toys because there's more stuff going on? Um, which set have you seen? Uh, it, was the, it was the Who um, okay, so medley. It, it was kind of a flat set, a couple yeah, of toms. It's, it's grown since then. Okay. I mean, when I auditioned with you guys, I had that set, and it was the same set that I used in Bad Religion. Okay. A um, couple toms up, uh, two down. So since then, I've expanded um, – the set i'm on double yeah, we're like, kicks we're like, no 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 no, no. <laughs> yeah um so it, it's actually been an experiment for me because i i haven't played i mean i i always have a double pedal with me but you had a single bass drum with a double pedal yeah right. so whatever band i'm playing with i that that's always been in my arsenal so i now have two kicks and um you know i'm still experimenting with with different config tom configurations and everything i think i got it in the ballpark you need now. to bass drum too so you can put w on one bass drum and ackerman on the other yeah it, with that <laughs> many, with that many syllables yeah <laughs> right so. the second bass drum is gonna be a little crowded with the ackerman yeah. but the double you can do like a like a w with wings on it and stuff like that yeah kind of some flames coming out of it yeah. maybe no i mean also you got a statement you think about like even on nightmare all the Octobon usage and stuff that Portno is using, you know. The what now? Octobons. Oh, yeah. I mean, octobons are what small little Stuart Copeland I mean, like used in the police. I mean, you got to yeah. go out there and we got to play it the way it's played, you know. Yeah, yeah, of, of course. There's a lot of. Well, that's what I was asking. Yeah. There's a lot of toms, you know, all the way down. Right. Rack, Flourishes. So. Yeah. yeah. So we got to, we're going to emulate all that stuff and then also moving forward, you know, we want them to, to have the. Biggest arsenal of all the toys that you all want. All the toys, right? you know, it doesn't mean we have to overuse it, but yeah, and that's been fun, uh, mainly because I haven't played two kicks in a, in a while, so it's been fun, you know, creating 
my own setup and and sure and it's been kind of a trial and error it's bad religion being basically a, a punk band yeah so there's yeah. less there's less going on with the drums he right? did yeah. introduce a blast beat though in, in one of the better sinister rouge yeah, yeah there, there's some I they mean, accepted the blast beat there's some awesome drumming <laughs> in, the, in the, those those latest bad religion albums especially starting with uh um, what was the record with Supersonic on it? Uh, process of Belief. Process of Belief. Yeah. I mean, that's when Brooks first got into Bad Religion. And that was just unbelievable. It was an awesome record. So Thanks, man. I mean, now, you mentioned Blast Beats. Who do you think invented the Blast Beat? Um, I think some guy with hair down to his ass. That <laughs> so lives in a, a Scandinavian But let me uh, ask country. you this. Would it, would it, is it possible that Charlie invented the Blast Beat? Charlie Benanti? If you listen to Spreading the Disease and you listen mm. to Stormtroopers of Death, the SOD, I wonder if he did. What, we should, I should ask him that. What era? It was or, like 83. Okay, the, the blast possibly. I think Charlie been. might have. He, if he claimed yeah. he invented the blast beat, you might have to Has agree he with him. Is he a self I'm not sure. No, I, don't blast. Know. I don't know. Are you allowed to say that you claimed it yourself? <laughs> like, that, are you allowed to say you invented that it? Be you have to claim it for him. Yeah, yeah okay. I'm claiming it right now. Charlie Benanti invented the blast beat. And uh, yeah. hit me up on the Twitter if yeah, you guys yeah. know anybody pre Stormtroopers of Death, which was '85, and Strange Disease '85. Yeah, now that that might be a hard one to uh, nail down, but if you might be onto something, I could be right there. You are a man of trivia. So you mentioned one thing earlier. You said uh, actually Brooks did. He said when he auditioned for Avenged, did you audition other guys as well? It wasn't really an audition. You know, it was. I mean, that's probably the right the word, audition, yeah. quote yeah, unquote. I mean, we, this is the thing. We weren't. We went out to dinner first, and and. Had a great night of conversations and because that's important. But too, obviously, we we had yeah. to get together, made you know, to make sure that yeah. everything, yeah, it gelled. was you know, like getting back to that whole thing. It was it literally, like I said, we felt like we could coast on the lineup that we had, and we had to have a the, the come to Jesus talk, you know, or we we sat down and said, is that what what this has come to? Are we gonna mm-hmm. or are we gonna tear this thing apart from the ground up? And, and just go through every single thing that annoys us about this band, every single thing that we want to change, every single thing that we feel we have to do to get back to being on stage and just having that pure cocky confidence of like... We don't Did you not have that on the last tour? I don't think that. I just think that things start to, to, to wear on you. You know, like you're, you're, you're out there and you're playing these festivals every night. It gets very monotonous and you're doing the same things and you're, and you're, and you're all buddies, but you know, Jimmy's missing and there's, and you're not trying to replace that, but you want to get to a point to where if we were to tear this thing to the, to the, you know, the bottom floor, how would you rebuild it to, to just say new band, new mentality, new, new fire, you mm-hmm. know? And that one of the things was, let's give Brooks a call and see what he's doing. You know, and yeah. it wasn't like, we're going to start trying guys out and we're, we're really serious about this change. It was kind of like, if Brooks is willing to do this, then this, that's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like we were going to, you know, like just start looking for drummers and, and well, the thing is, I, I honestly believe that you guys, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, never got over Jimmy and never were able to replace him because you can't. You can't. No. You know, you had tried a couple yeah. guys out, but yeah. it's like you know, if you, if your if your wife passed away, God God forbid, it'd be hard to just suddenly get a new wife. Yeah. Here's my new wife. Yeah. So it took a, a good five years to find the guy that even personally, it's like fits in already. And he was kind Met of this guy. Like, yeah. 
an hour ago and he's already like the nicest guy. Yeah. You know, like I'm waiting for him to, to for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe if he drinks or something, maybe he'll turn crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and I also want to say like, you know, like when people, <laughs> when people heard that we were, um, that we had been working with someone for a year, you know, and that was probably not the best choice of words um, because everyone sees that as like a negative where, where we saw it as such a positive, like was that we're not going to make the same mistake. You know, we're, when we, you guys announced that you'd been working with Brooks for a year or so or we we while Aaron was yeah. still in the band. Yeah, and, and the reality was we had actually been off for a whole year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had finished Mayhem, and that's when we decided we were going to start, you know, the audition process with Brooks was let's go to dinner, let's hang out. That's number one. Then it's about let's get some riffs together. Then it was about let's play the old set, let's make sure that we can get through all that. And then it was we had a couple shows in Asia, and then we had a couple shows in, but we were off. And we were basically, and, and from our point of view, we didn't want to just throw this on air. We wanted to make some more money and, and let him, you know, have a nice cushion before mm. he left. Severance uh, package, for lack of a better oh, term. Yeah, it's, right, just yeah. like, it's like we felt we owed it to him, you know, and it wasn't, and, and a year ago wasn't the right time to do all this. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to gear up again and it's time to you know, strap on the boots and now it's time to do this. And, and for us, it was about, you know, it was about just feeling each other out and we wanted to make sure that everybody knew we were making the educated choice this time, not like, oh, he's good for tour. Hopefully he can write with right. us. Oh, he writes with us, but he can't tour with us. We played the old, we did everything we had to do to make sure that this was the right fit before we came out and made any, you know, crazy choices. And I thought that was the right thing to do. But when you put that online, of course, it gets completely twisted around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, what are they doing? And, right. And, and well, fair enough, you know. Was it hard to let Aaron go? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, like I said, I, I still love the kid. He's, it, it just, it came basically came down to if we were to break this thing all the way down, mm-hmm. what do we need to do to get back to where we feel like we sure. want to walk on that rock in the range stage and just slay every band. Yeah. And no, you don't even yeah. have to think about it. Not even think about it. Yeah. And you've been on tour with us um, and you have your own stories and now you don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but even you out there with us, you, you knew it wasn't necessarily well, the right. I, I think, I think, and I'll tell the story cause it's not a bad one. But it just shows Aaron was very young. And very excited to be there, as he should have been. But we did an Uproar show, whatever it was, with you guys. And there's two stages at Uproar. There's the main stage, and then there's the you know, parking lot stage, whatever, dirt road stage, yeah. whatever you said. And we were on last on the dirt road stage. And then afterwards, you know, I'm walking around. You finish up, you settle up, you get him walking over to where you guys are. And I see him in the parking lot, with, uh, and he's helping pick up tables for like the the gimp, like the concessions and stuff. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, well, you know, they need some help. I'm just like, you're the, you're the drummer of the headlining band. Get out of here. You are not put, picking up tables and picking up garbage. Get out of here. And he's like, well, I'm just being, he's super nice, right? Well, it's endearing. And, and endearing. you tell a story and the fans would be like, oh, that's sweet. Yeah, but it's like, no, but as a rock star, you can't do that. You're the headliner, man. You can't do that every day because it wears on you. Yeah. And then, and then we saw in some shows that he'd be doing that, that, you know, like in Seattle, for instance, he was just so exhausted that he just was forgetting all the parts. Oh, that and night? It was in Seattle, yeah. Oh, that was, it was Seattle, yeah, was, White River Amphitheater, yeah. 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 And, and, and so it's one of those things where you're young and you're learning and, we, and we're trying to work him through that process because it's, it's, it is endearing. You sure. know, he's out there and a lot of fans want to hear that. Oh, he's out there doing this. But you can't live that lifestyle like that. You can't yeah. get up at nine in the morning, go hang out with all your friends on the, mm-hmm. on the first stage and, and help tear down their merch and tear down the tables and then right. get up at 10 o'clock at night to play the headlining set. Yeah. Because if you forget the songs... 
then then there's a problem. There's a big problem. Right, right, right. And so that's what everyone's there for is to see you play the songs. And so did, it's just little things like yeah. that. I mean, did you, um, when you mentioned Brooke's name, was this something that all four of you guys went, oh, absolutely? Um, I think Zach wanted to make sure. Because Zach, um, to be honest, he, he loved Brooke's drumming. And at first he was like, you know, I think he wanted to have that dinner first with the band and mm. say, what are we doing here? Like, right. Are we really going to just, because we knew making a change like that was not only, it's not the personnel change. It's the, uh, it's how the fans are going to react. And we had to talk through that and we said, yeah, there, there there's probably going to be some negative reactions, not because of Brooks, but because of the announcement. It's making another change. From, from, yeah. Then I think people still saw, um, Mike as a part of the band, even though he never was, but they right. Still hold as it official as, member. They yeah. still hold it as you had Mike, then you kicked him out. Mm-hmm. And then, that wasn't the case at all. That's just how people spin it to sell magazines and right. and get their clicks. headlines, click headlines. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, but so the reality is we've been through one drummer and that's Aaron. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was, we've never had to fire anybody in our life. And it was, I hate saying fired, but it was a really hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so Zach just wanted to talk it through. And then basically we had to have one rehearsal and the rehearsal was like, Zach's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Done. All right. Yep. What did, what did Johnny Christ say? Just smile a lot, nod his head. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I, don't, I still don't think he knows. <laughs> He's still not sure what's going on. <laughs> I'll remind him next time I see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm your drummer. Yeah, what? Yeah. No, no, seriously, I'm your drummer. Yeah. Hey, you used to lock up with me. You watch me. Hey, Matt, you notice that guy on the drums? He looked different to you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> so that first night, how was it for you to go out for dinner? And you mentioned that you knew the guys, but was it was like, were you putting on your best? And it was more of an acquaintance. I mean, prior to that dinner, I mean, yeah. we... You know, like we. Oh, so you guys run, weren't ever hung out or anything like we that. We never yeah. hung out. We would no. run into each other at yeah. you know Mahe and a sushi place in Seal Beach. But um, other than that, I mean, we never really hung yeah. out. Yeah. We never really mm-hmm. you know texted. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it was. I mean, it, it felt natural. It was you know it, everything we were talking about. I you know I talked to my friends about. I mean, it was just a, a very natural. Uh, getting to know you type mm-hmm. of dinner, and um, they explained to me what their plans are, and um, like you said, I was looking, you know, looking for a, a new opportunity, and I was just honored that they were interested in having me be a part of this machine. Right, right. So, because once again, you're coming into the gang of the four guys. Yeah, yeah. So you are the new the new guy, but the thing what you bring with you, and similar to Mike had as well, but he's got such a that we mentioned earlier, such a large pedigree that yeah. you you command respect just from from all the stuff you've done. You know damn what I mean? it, damn it! I I'm, Brooks, I'm Brooks Wackerman. Damn it! In fact, the first I mean, day he came in, he changed all the tones on Brian's guitar. Is he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he didn't just like the compression I was using on the microphone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Matt, can you move a little bit to your left, please? I don't like your Marshall there. head in. I said, you were going to use a 1978 modified Marshall, okay? <laughs> or I'm out of here, bitches. Out of here. <laughs> the, uh, but another thing was, uh, you know, one of our good friends was, uh, one of our, you know, tour managers for uh, for us was also Bad Religion's tour manager. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, we, we had talked to him, and he's just like, dude, Brooks is the best guy to deal with on tour, the easiest guy to deal with. So all these things were working together, and, you know, um, it was just one of those things where, yeah, like it was, it was great. It was, mm-hmm. it just really finally felt like, you this know, is it. And I can't wait till we get out there and and people get to watch. Oh, it. I can't wait to. I can't wait to watch it myself. You know, and talking about you know, uh, uh, bringing in a new guy. I mean, a lot of this is uh, something that I've gone through 
in the past with Bad Religion. I mean, uh, Bobby Scher, their old drummer, was with the band, I think, for almost 10 years. So, you know, um, like Avengers uh, following, Bad Religion has a very rabid mm-hmm. following as well. So it, it took a lot of getting used to with their fan base with the new guy. Right. And so, And I brought a double pedal with me, which never... Was performed and that's the VR, antichrist so, for punk music. Yeah, right so I mean, but after a while, you know, I I was accepted and you know, so yeah. At first, it's a little nerve wracking, but you know, if if all all the ingredients are there, then was it hard to tell the bad religion guys that you were going to move on? It was. Yeah, um, there was no lead up to it. No one knew, um, and uh, yeah. It, Initially, it was shock to everyone. I called every member individually on a day off on tour mm. um, right before our last show. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of history there. So, um, But they understood. You know, they get it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the band has been around for 35 years. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, they've they've gone through this before. And, and I'm um, sure the deep down inside, they're, they're happy for you. They are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's and, a hell of a gig. Yeah. And they're lifelong friends. Yeah. So, which is um, great. Could, yeah. Couldn't ask. What about the D? Reaction. Did you have to tell them you couldn't gig with them anymore? You know, it, it's so random with the D. <laughs> you know, I, I felt like I didn't have to tell them just because, like, <laughs> with Jack's uh, movie schedule, mm-hmm. you know, um, Maybe I should actually. Let's call him right now. Yeah. And, uh, Officially, uh, Jack uh, Brooks is leaving the D. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, we'll just get somebody else to dress up as Colonel Sanders. They'll yeah. never know the difference. Yeah, yeah their their schedule is just so random, though. It's like, yeah. I mean, I would just take that uh, a basis of what's going on with them. Right. Know? Yeah. I, mean, I don't mind seeing Brooks play with them. You know. I mean, would you still? I mean, I I personally don't care. I don't, I don't know what the logistics would be, but. Yeah, like I, I love watching Tenacious D play, and I'd yeah. rather see him play with him than someone else. <laughs> That's right. You can pull the, the Chris Adler and just make it a touring with Lamb of God. I'd love to see our drummer with a huge cock behind his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you're not going to see that in this band. It's like Torbach. They're a tour bus. <laughs> and it yeah, may right. malfunction and hit me. Yeah, there you go. Conscious. Uh, final question for you, Brooks. When yeah. you were starting to play some of the Avenged songs, was there any of them that were harder to learn than others? I mean, I know oh, you're sure. so damn good, but. No, I mean, I you know, I'm still doing my homework on on some of these songs. And, Which is the know, more trickier ones? Uh, Beast and the Harlot. Yeah. You know, I mean that that's definitely a, a drummer snare song. feel. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. So you know, there's a lot of detail there, um, and uh, that's yeah. one for everybody. Like when you play it in the set, like everyone's burnt. It, the, the, the you guitar, for singing it, the guitar oh, players, everything. Yeah, it's a hard burnt. song. Yeah, it's a very hard song. Like, where yeah. do you put that in the set? That yeah, doesn't completely destroy. You, you, you can't start with it. No. It's hot, like it's singing like, wise. It's like, like it's like jumping into a like doing a yeah. marathon run. It's like, like jumping into a car at 100 miles an yeah. hour. Go. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So yeah. harlot. You know, there's there's some parts well, on anything off City of Evil. Yeah, yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, what about little piece of heaven. Uh, sure. Great yeah, tune. That, that was one of the songs that we played uh, the first time we got together. So, um, and that's one of my favorite songs. I my, think. Mine too. Yeah, it could it, possibly be my favorite Avenged song. Yeah, I love that. Mine too. Yeah. 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 To me, I put it on its own little. It's like, yeah. is it an Avenged song? What is it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I love it. Because that's a Jimmy tune, right? Yeah. So that's like the yeah. the, the little island of Jimmy, right that's there. That's like full on Jimmy tune. That's yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like it, it took me convincing him that we had to use it. Mm-hmm. He's just like really we're gonna put this on an event yeah. record it's like yeah. oh we have to this is just we even played it for the label 
the label came, the record was done. We're like, we're going to put this out by itself. It doesn't really fit on the record. And they're like, they, they listen to it and they're like, how do you make something like that and you don't think it belongs on the record? Good you have point. to put that on the record. Yeah, you have like, oh, to use that. It's you definitely like that a standout track. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I think that goes back to also, I mean, just being from Southern California, the Oingo Boingo influence yeah. and like a lot of people probably... Some Mr. Bungle in there, some yeah. Zap in there. Yeah, it's very exactly. California. Yeah, very California. Yeah, absolutely. And cinematic. Yep. Too. Yeah. Uh, how do you think Jimmy would feel about Brooks being, uh, being the new member of Avenged? I think Jimmy would be ecstatic mm-hmm. because... Uh, like I said, the history. I mean, we used to just blast Groove Family Psycho, and it was all about the drum fills. That's what we we just loved the drum fills, you know, mm-hmm. like, and the bass. Right, right. It was right. Just amazing. Um, so I think he'd be ecstatic. Yeah. You know? And future plans. Now you guys are writing, and when the record's maybe, ready, yes. it's ready. Maybe. maybe you are. Maybe you aren't. Uh, <laughs> we like to stay quiet because I, I think you guys are very good at that. Well. And it drives people nuts. And, uh, and <laughs> you know, Brooks, check this out. I had two chances to be on the cover of Kerrang. For yeah. some reason, they wanted me and you on the cover. And Matt was like, no, nah, I'm just going to stay low. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. So did you talk to Matt? He doesn't want to do it. What? You talk to him then. The guy from Kerrang calling me to ask you to do <laughs> Why don't you guys follow him? Yeah. If he says yes, I'll be there. If not, then why am I caught in the middle? And that happened twice. You guys like to lay low when you're not on tour. Yeah. When you have a record yeah. coming up, which is smart. I just think it causes too much... Um, too much speculation mm-hmm. of what's going on and, and the, the reality is everything that people say when you're, you're looking at this whole drummer thing they you know you bring up 15 names and they're all wrong mm-hmm. um, people want to tell us what the re- next record's going to sound like they want to tell you what they're going to do next you're going to be wrong mm-hmm. so why build yourself up yeah, why, yeah, yeah. And, and when we have something to say we'll say it and, and hopefully it's meaningful and we're not trying to string you along we're, we just want the time to is right. right you'll know and, and it's, yeah. it's all about the music it always comes back to the music and, and nowadays it's all about everything else. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm not willing to put my foot into that generational leap yet. Yeah. To where it's about what I post on Instagram. Because you don't have social media. I, do I mean, Avenged Sevenfold is, but I don't know if it's a fan account or if it's your guys. Uh, I tell you all the time, there's a picture of you. You're like, who posted that? I'm like, oh, I think it's a, a fan yeah, from Brazil. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think it. all of my friends are on that. They're like, <laughs> you posted that? I'm like, no. <laughs> Which I appreciate. Like, that's the other thing is, is the fans don't realize we... 100% appreciate mm-hmm. all that stuff. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's amazing. Um, but the reality is we don't like to just string people along with things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. The things that matter is when the record comes out and the tour date and that we're going to blow everything up and we're going to put out a great record. And when we're ready to do that, we'll be there. Yeah. So. And you got a great new drummer, Brooks Wackerman, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, man. He's your guy. So go Google Very him. excited. Go Google so, him now. See yeah. him in the uh, Colonel Sanders outfit. Indeed. <laughs> Congratulations, Brooks. <laughs> Thank you so much. There you have it. Talk is Jericho exclusive. Avenged Sevenfold's new drummer is Brooks Wackerman, and you heard it here exclusively right here on Talk is Jericho. This was actually uh, M. Shadow's idea. He said they want to announce Brooks on my show, and it's brilliant, uh, whether it was my show or anybody else's show, the fact that he, uh, it's a live press release. First time ever. There's no interviews about it. There's no uh, statement you want to know. Come to Talk is Jericho, and you'll even get a chance to, to, to get to know Brooks a little bit as well. So I thought it was a great idea for my, uh, my old buddy M, and um, great choice as well. I know a lot of you guys are thinking about Joey Jordison or Vinnie Paul or Dave Lombardo or you know, uh, Nick Augusto, all these different guys. Brooks Wackerman is, is, is the man for this job. And if you haven't seen his stuff, please, like we said, go to YouTube, look up Brooks Wackerman and see how nutty he is. Although we have to find out uh, what his stage wear is going to be, you know, and uh, if he's going to change his name to W. Ackerman. <laughs> 
Uh, it's going to be great to hear some new Avenged music uh, and great to see them live. And it's going to be great for you guys to come see Fozzie live. We just killed it on the Kiss Cruise. I'm going to talk all about that on uh, Friday's show with the Iron Sheik. But um, uh, everybody in Europe and the UK, you need to come check us out. Cinderblock Party Tour with Nonpoint and Sumo Psycho. They are supporting us. We start November 13th in Rotterdam. We hit Vienna, Hamburg, Berlin, Cologne, uh, November 20th in France. I uh, love France. And Luxembourg. Never been to Luxembourg. Reading, London on November 26th at the Islington Academy. That's going to be a hell of a show. Manchester, Southampton, Birmingham, Newcastle, Nottingham, Sheffield, and Wales. Come on down. Check it out. Fozzyrock.com with all the cities, venues, ticket information, and VIP information. Uh, coming down, watch Soundcheck if you want to do a VIP thing. Soundcheck and a little Q&A with Chris Jericho and Fozzy. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. And also going to be great when I'm hosting the Classic Rock Awards. November 11th in London at the uh, at the Roundhouse. That's going to be cool. I'll have to uh, put on a show for Jimmy Page and Brian May. Yeah. Tell me I'm not uh, nervous about that. Actually, I'm not nervous. I'm excited. I'm going to kick it. I'm going to kick it, man. I'm going to kick it old school. Yeah, boy. All right. Thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks to Brooks and, and M for being here today. And thanks to all of you, the Talk is Jericho faithful. You guys who download Talk is Jericho twice a week for free, we're able to do that thanks to our great Talk is Jericho sponsors. I want you to go help uh, help me out and support them. DollarShaveClub.com slash Jericho for the uh, discount. DraftKings.com. Use the promo code Y2J to get 20% off your first purchase. TrueCar, Uber, and of course, Amazon, the Old Faithful. Use the Talk is Jericho links whenever you do any online shopping. You know where to find them. Go to PodcastOne.com. Click on the Support or Show Sponsors banner at the top of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. I got Amazon links in the USA, UK, Canada. A. Every time you use the Talk is Jericho Amazon links, Amazon kicks back a small percentage to the show to help us cover production costs. Won't cost you anything extra, no hidden fees or extra charges. Buy what you want. Help Talk is Jericho out in the process. All right. Thanks again for you guys for being here. Uh, Love the show today. It was a lot of fun. Brooks Wackerman and, and M Shadows. Last week, Amy Bruni, the ghost investigator. Uh, Crazy story she had. Kofi Kingston had a great story as well. Uh, Dudley Brothers, go check those guys out if you haven't. Jerry Ferrar from Entourage. I don't know. Go back and look through the archives. Listen to them all. Listen to all the Kiss ones. Listen to whatever you want. Do what you want. Be, be the best you can be. Stay hard. Stay hungry. Stay cool. Yeah, boy. And next Friday, actually this Friday, Iron Sheik will be here. And people are going, is this going to be a, a, a curse-heavy show? He actually was in a, a little bit of a mellow mood, the Sheik was, and I actually enjoyed that. It's not crazy, uh, bathering, blathering, babbling, lunatic Iron Sheik. It's actually a uh, legendary Iron Sheik talking very uh, pointedly about his career and about, about his life. So I really enjoyed that show, and I expect you guys to be here listening to it. Iron Sheik. Kiss Cruise uh, description. So much cool stuff coming up on Friday. We'll see you then. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. 